As a disclaimer, the views and comments made during this podcast are our own. Do not represent any entity that we volunteer with or employed by. Hey everyone, welcome to Almost Diplomatic, podcast where we discuss geopolitics, national security, a whole bunch of nonsense and for beers. And we're recording on October 2nd, 2018 in Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Ryan Young, and joining me tonight is... Kevin Truitt. Lex Cardone. Pekria Salyashvili. And I'm Ryan. Uh, so, we're doing something a little different tonight. We're basically doing a blind episode. No one knows the topic is going into it. We'll see how it goes. Well, Pinkery does because she kept bothering me about it all day. Since, <laughs> since we took her off the bench, I had her into this episode. Thank you, guys. <laughs> so basically, the two of us are just stumbling around in the dark right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she went in like an hour, a couple hours ago, so it's fine. It doesn't count. That's how I get through the day normally, so. That's just mean. Me too. <laughs> but anyway, we're drinking um, an Oktoberfest from Center of the Universe Brewing Company out of Asheville, Virginia. Basically, a Virginia made Oktoberfest beer. It's the yeah. Oktoberfest beer. Yeah, yeah October, Oktoberfest ends next week, so it's a start. pretty awesome can. Yeah, I really. There will be is, is Ashley's okay? Ashley's out in Loudoun County. Is that? Um, is that no, no, it's um, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not that far out. It's uh, it's like a forty-five minute drive. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's like out. I, I apply for Sweet. All right, let's try yes. this bad boy. Prost. 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 I like it. It's fun. I like it. It's very smooth. It tastes like a marzen to start, and then like a. Almost like a, a porter to finish. Like I can't figure it out. Yeah, I wonder if it tastes different. Like in a, like, a pour out. Or like, yeah, it kind of tastes like a coffee porter almost. At it's the very so end. Specific. It's very specific. Yeah, mm. I'm, I'm beer snobbing it up right now. I was about to say. Yeah, are, I'm gonna take a guess here. <laughs> are you are you beer woke? I think so. Yes. <laughs> you guys need to hashtag get with the program. <laughs> hashtag 2018. Hashtag current year. <laughs> so you and McGregor. We don't, need, we don't need to explain. <laughs> it play it. It's because like so. Basically, what's probably going to happen throughout the episode is. Hello there. <laughs> basically, the, the new like Christopher Robin or like, Winnie the Pooh movie. Uh, be, basically, people turn that into a meme with. Featuring Star Wars episode three. But we can't really explain. This is definitely so. you had to be here moment. Yeah, like, just Google General <laughs> Kenobi and that's it. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, that's all you, need to know. you You might hear it throughout the episode. I can't control them. They're a bunch of monsters. Nice <laughs> monsters. I mean, you were supposed to bring balance to the podcast, not leave it in darkness. Not add the memes. <laughs> you were my brother! <laughs> I mean, we need. Basically, we should almost do a Star Wars episode, but we haven't prepped for that. I feel like we should. Yeah, I, we will. Not tonight, though. <laughs> I can talk about Alright, so uh, starting out, first question. Why does peacekeeping suck? <laughs> does mm. it though? It's a fair uh, point. Does it not? Does it? Is it bad? Is it not good? Well, you can't keep the peace in a war zone. I feel like. And that's so, where peacekeepers tend to be in these like well, it, hot zones. So right? the, yeah, so Bill, it's, it's kind of like <laughs> the issue is that usually the peacekeepers in the past, like, at least like, the UN peacekeeping force has generally gone to an area where it's like there's a ceasefire or something. Yeah. It's like you think of like um, the Israeli borders, like in the 1948 mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Or was it, it was after the um, 67? Nah. Well, no, no, no. It was like during the, the um, in the Suez. Yeah, that whole line oh, that's okay. controlled by the UN up in between uh, Golan. Oh, and, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's pretty sure when they've been around, they were mostly just the UN observers. 
And then now they kind of go when there isn't a piece. Like, you know, there's Molly, Kari. Oh, like basically, most of the mm-hmm. places they're at now, there's not any kind of actual piece. Yeah. Like, act, exact, essentially, active war zone. Yeah, or like the Eastern Ukraine. That's not really UN peacekeepers, but that's like UNESCO kind of has a presence there. And yeah. Technically, they're peacekeepers, but you can't keep the peace when people keep lobbing shells at each other. So I think there are three sort of issues. One is that peacekeeping, like, or peacekeepers, using the term peacekeepers, are often used as peace enforcers. Yeah. But they're also, at least in the 90s and even now, aren't really given the capabilities to do so. And that leads into my second point, which would be that a lot of the, you know, the UN, UN peacekeepers are countries that <laughs> essentially want to get more money. Uh, right. That's and why they provide... Yeah, and send their forces, and they provide forces. Yeah. And so it's not like the crack militaries of... Yeah. You don't see too many American troops or... Right. It's right. With wearing blue helmets. But I yeah. feel like a lot of the question of what you ask comes down to how we define peace. Because, like, what is peace? If that's total absence of any conflict, any war, we're never going to get that, and peacekeepers are not going to accomplish that. So what, what peacekeepers actually end up doing is... Depending on the situation, they preserve the status quo, they kind of minimize violence or kind of delay it. So it's basically like an insulating force that tries to stabilize the situation. It works where conflict is so frozen that there basically is a settlement, even if there hasn't been officially, like Lebanon before the Civil War or, you know, the Straits of Tehran between, it's the the Red Sea area where there's a whole non-UN peacekeeping force that's been there for... They were, they're kind of a backwater now, but they used mm-hmm. to be, you know, you know, it was Israel's sort of uh, access to the Gulf of Aqaba, yeah, and it mm-hmm. used to be very contentious. Now it's not, but well, and that's the that's the thing that's like what Pickery was saying is a lot of these peacekeepers aren't there. This when you freeze the status quo, you don't end the conflict; you just suspend it. Mm-hmm. And so you look at like the Balkans today, and yeah. you know. Maybe to a lesser extent, some of those conflicts are well, have winded down militarily, or were forced to suspend militarily. But some one of the terms that has often been used, both locally and internationally, to describe like the Balkans, especially like Bosnia Herzegovina, mm-hmm. is a uh, nonviolent war. So they're all they all still have this like we're mm-hmm. at war yeah. with you know the Croats or the Serbs mm-hmm. mindset, but they're not physically fighting. But yeah. they're sort of, but we, we couldn't argue that peacekeepers do accomplish one of the main missions, which is just to delay violence and just stop <clears throat> violence. Because I remember there's several situations throughout history. And one of the reminders that springs to mind in Rwanda is people who argue that if peacekeepers had been there, it might have played out differently and the same could apply well, to were, different situations. Well, were there. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> but like in, I'm thinking of... Like we're in, active. In, Rwanda. I mean, there were plenty of peacekeepers there. At the, I mean, but their rules of engagement were so strict. Right. You know, they couldn't, and that that's the case for a lot of these peacekeepers. I mean, yeah, they're not. There, many of them come from third world countries. They're not prepared for conflict. Mm-hmm. They've never fired a gun. Many of these soldiers, and they, they have no. They, yeah, they have no direction from up top about when they can use deadly force and when they can't. Or, and good. Well, it's like you go like that, that recent movie last year, so like the siege of Jadaville, like uh, during the Congolese stuff in the sixties, mm-hmm. like the Irish were like you know yeah couple that went out there, and it was like. They were fight, they were like fighting a war. They there wasn't mm-hmm. you know this kind of thing of like oh the peacekeeper like a unit observer like no one like maybe have a sidearm was like or rifles that kind of stuff. They completely engaged in the conflict and that's what we're kind of seeing. Lost value. Look at Mali. Like they've lost a lot of people the last couple of years. And like 
they have some force that attack helicopters, the Dutch are part of special forces, intelligence units, like that kind of stuff. And they have a drone, uh, last time I checked. Yeah. So it's like, and these guys who are doing that, they have experience in search because they follow them, like, served Afghanistan and, uh, and places like that. So it's, it's a weird thing where they're not really peacekeeping, they're trying to be peacemakers, but they don't have the capabilities to go all the way. So it's kind of like this haphazard, like, pretend to, you know, we're doing peacekeeping kind of when we can. What if it's basically, we think of it as like peace enablers, where if they're there, they kind of wind down the conflict and help others solve yeah. the war. Well, they, they Because have, at some point, like, you can't really solve war if conflict is still happening. They, they've called them, they've also called them like stabilization missions instead, yeah. which yeah. is... They don't really stabilize. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, then you put, you put the personnel in a real dilemma, I mean, in terms of like... Can they respond, or can it, it, you have to have both sides, or however many sides, have some sort of agreement that you know they don't fire on the peacekeepers or whatever, because then you know their mission is already over as soon as they pick up a pick up a weapon. But and then, but then it's also the UN is like you know we go there go these ways to protect people and that kind of stuff. And for the yeah. last fifteen years, we haven't we've seen that a lot of stuff's come out where that's not really the case, especially in Haiti and more recently in Carf. The the gross amounts of sexual abuse on yeah, minors and yeah. locals like it doesn't it, you know from like you know it's not just everyone's like oh you know this is backwater countries like no in Cardo's French soldiers who were doing that kind of stuff and it's like at what point are they making everything worse because they're not yeah they're, they're supposed to do this mission they're built it's like no one wants to trust the work at the UN now because they're doing this shit and the thing is like there's no accountability well yeah they don't I mean once you can't just drop a bunch of soldiers and officers from multiple different countries, these so-called multinational forces. Mm-hmm. Everybody has different language, different processes, different supply chains, you know, different orders coming down. And so you're going to have this kind of Wild West criminal element that pops up. And, um, and, that's, and, that, and that's not just third world militaries, that's anybody yeah. without proper direction and proper it's like, it's ROE like, and stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah so I, it's like, oh, I can get away with this, why not? Mm-hmm. And, like, and, like, I can extort people. Yeah, and, and the issue is that because they aren't technically UN personnel, they, the UN can't really do much about it. They, yeah. If anything, if anyone is prosecuted, they're they're they're, they're charged with you know rape, assault, whatever you know, a different crime that could come up, like you know, shooting a person, that kind of thing, like a, you know, a civilian. It's up to the, the that country that country's uh, military to to do it, and a lot of times they don't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. It's like. The UN can't be like you need to do it or try to get them to do it because it's like oh mm-hmm. if we do that you then they'll withdraw their yeah. troops and then yeah, that's undermining they won't, they won't give them peacekeepers yeah. it's like well you know well shit like what's what's that erodes local trust which you know if you don't have local cooperation and informants on the ground you're you can't be an effective anything let alone a peacekeeping force trying to you know navigate the tightrope between two warring parties yeah but what if basically peacekeepers are the least worst option. Like, they're not effective. They're not going to be 100% effective. Mm-hmm. But the question is, if not, then them who? Yeah. So. Um, I mean, it's also, it's hard to get people to intervene and stuff. Like, yeah. It's, if two sides are determined on fighting, um, the only thing that can really happen in my mind is for them to wear themselves out. Well, or one side I mean, kills <laughs> you. Like, it, it, it's, I mean, in, in sort of weird, complex situations, you know, I'm sure um, peacekeepers have a lot of, have a very important role to play. But if you have, like in Eastern Ukraine, if you have you know two sides that are gunning it out yeah. and they do not want mm-hmm. to stop shooting at each other, there's very little 
that can be even that those and forces can even improve I mean, upon. Just to argue the opposite point though, in that particular situation, you could say that you can't really let that conflict play out play out because that could drag for years and years and years. So if yeah. you get a force together, uh, a peacekeeping force together, uh, which can kind of stop the conflict and the violence, which mm-hmm. kind of protects the local population and keeps the violence to a minimum obviously this is not going to solve the conflict yeah. and the peacekeepers are not going to make peace oh, they're not going to <laughs> no but if you can be, yeah. minimize the violence mm-hmm. and kind of let let it kind of simmer down to a level yeah. where people can have a discussion that would be different i agree with you yeah. but the thing is you have to have both sides <laughs> buy into a sort of like and separation okay everybody back up we're going to cordon off this area you know and then obviously there's going to be violations here and there that's obviously best solution oh, so but. like for ukraine i feel like it's unique in a way that peacekeepers are not going to solve it yeah. basically what peacekeepers the only thing they could poss- possibly do is minimize it's violence like right. literally be like a line because well, you're dealing with the yeah. russian military so you're so. dealing with the like, larger forces here so it would just literally be like two people shooting at each other and peacekeepers being like don't shoot like and right. like, minimize life well i think that the other thing with that is it's not just sort of the UN saying, okay, we're going to go in. And a lot of, like, for instance, Ukraine or other places, right now, unless it's, like, Africa, where a lot of countries don't have a lot of strategic interests, although increasingly China may, the sort of great powers, if you will, you know, great in quotation marks, um, powers are interested in sort of not letting these keepers, not suspending that conflict. (laughs) Like, for instance, in Donetsk and Luhansk, uh, the Russians are interested in allowing that conflict to fester rather than allowing like international peacekeepers to go in. Alternatively, peacekeepers don't just go in and fight. Uh, but like for instance, like peacekeepers probably wouldn't be able to stop the active violence between two groups. I feel like don't don't fight. It, well, strong, well, strongly worded letters. In, in most cases, it's like you look at Somalia. You know, the U.S. went in first. Saw yeah. and relatively calmed things down, and then the UN went in, and the right. Pakistani peacekeepers fucked yeah, down. Are there different levels of peace? Like, obviously, you can't go in and dictate to a, um, a proxy force backed up by the second most powerful military on the planet. But can the international community go into places where they do have the mm. strongest um, impact and force? And can they physically? I mean, that would be more peacemaking, not peacekeeping. Yeah. But in, a, in an area where the international community or whatever can get together a, you know, you're going to separate or or there will be consequences type so situation. The, the, the that pro- can be effective, well, right? I mean, well, the problem is, like, say, like, a lot of the peacekeeping missions in Africa. Yeah. A lot of the peacekeepers are from other African nations mm. who have a bias or an agenda. It's like, it look at Somalia, like the... Uh, Terrible training, yeah. Well, no, I mean, yeah, mostly. It's like, if you look, look at... In Somalia, it's the uh, African mission in Somalia. It's it's the African Union, um, like not mandated by the UN, but basically supported by the UN. Like, yeah, good job, go do it. The problem is like over the years, been all the people who are participating in it are people from like Ethiopia, all the neighboring countries mm-hmm. Somalia. So they have their own yeah. agendas for the. Pl- and it's like it makes it like you're not you're 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 not a third party. You're you're yeah. you have I mean, an active to be fair on it. You know, devil's advocate. You want a local buy-in. You can't just drop in the eighty-second Airborne. <clears throat> like or a perf- like a hundred percent homogenous professional unit like yeah. that. You need to have some sort of local presence. But what's the the balance between that and just outright, you know, unprofessionalism and like? It, I mean, very yeah. very often Amazon um, kills civilians. Okay. Um, and like runs them over that kind of shit. Like they 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 lit up a uh, it was like I think it was earlier this year. 
a, uh, a small checkpoint shot at them because they, they didn't identify themselves mm-hmm. when coming through. Right. Yeah, they just roll through that, that checkpoint, like just load them all down and drove all the way to the uh, airport where their base is. So it's like, the problem I have with peacekeeping really is that it's no one's doing it well and it's all really jacked up and making shit worse. Like in Haiti, we've seen it. It's just, they, they are not a helping factor. How does one do it well? I mean, the problem is that there's no accountability. Like there, there is. Like the problem is that People go like the peacekeeper forces go and, and, and volunteer or whatever or mm-hmm. the, the, the military. But it's like the UN can't do anything about it, and they choose not to for like it's like it's like we've seen a lot like lately. It's like with the like you know um, Hale, Nikki Haley, uh, U.S. ambassador to the UN has been. I know, yeah. It's like most of she says is stupid, but like no, no, I think she says more reasonable shit. Than yeah, the, then yeah, the most of the administration, but like it's it's been stuff like you know basically we need to be harsher on misconduct and we're and we're not. And, the, and like it's, it's well the legal groundwork for the legal basis for prosecuting any kind of you know these people most of if you sign if you are sent to a UN peacekeeping group you're you know who who has jurisdiction the local government surely not you know your home country the UN itself is there some you know UN subcommittee that deal, deals with that I, I'm not aware, I'm not there, there, personally aware there there, there is and like the UN has stuff to like try to counter it. A lot of it isn't yeah, set up very well, and also they can't do anything about it. Like, the worst they can do like, is okay, get, we're just gonna go hang. home. Yeah, they're just going to go home, and then... Yeah. Probably nothing. And, yeah, like, and, like, yeah. and, like, and that doesn't send the right vision for the place where they are intervening. Like, they're, like, it's like, there's like 16 or so missions yeah. worldwide. About 14 of them have significant problems with like, them like, assaulting locals. And not like, not, like yeah. a part of like part of a peacekeeping mission, mostly mm-hmm. just like really jacked up personal shit they're doing. And it's just like... Where do you draw a line of that? Like, because does it make it better or worse when they come and do that stuff? You can't well, trust yeah, them. Because command, local command, is not going to throw their own people under the bus, or the entire unit's going to revolt. The politicians back home aren't going to do anything because it looks then, bad. Yeah, you know, like you're, 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 you're basically throwing your people into to the wolves. Mm-hmm. You know, our mm-hmm. own people. Um, so, so I have uh, several solutions. Mostly for debate. Justice League? <laughs> no, uh, yes. Marvel. Space Force? But, yeah. The Avengers. Duh. Wakanda Forever. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can take out Space ISIS except Space Force. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a future episode. But, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, so the first, it's mostly just for debate. It's like, uh, what about PMCs? Private military companies. We did. We did For episodes. Peacekeepers. It's because we're not. We're, there's, there are. Uh, you're talking about accountability. Just talking about accountability. Hear me out. It's. I mean, I'm not talking. Com- yeah. I'm not talking about fucking Blackwater that bullshit because that's not. That's nothing. Executive I, outcomes. I'm, that's, that's, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking. Like, What's in like, a name? No, but I mean, but real. Oh, no, they're completely different things. But um, <laughs> it's, it's the, it's the concept of. There's professionalism to a certain extent. As long as it's like, you know, if they fuck up, they'll get another contract. Right. Yeah, that's what I was... Yeah, yeah, so yeah, so you, use, you use capitals. I, use, I think that there's, work for, there's a reason for that. Because, like, you have... I mean, you can sort of designate... It's The UN has oversight, but they're not the ones sort of implementing policy. They're the ones who kind of, like, they so, control the contracts. And, yeah. like, you know, there's past performance. Like, have you... Hmm. you know. I feel like one of the reasons you can't really contract out peacekeepers is... Like the main point for UN peacekeepers is the fact that it's UN peacekeepers. So, so let me, it's like let me, a symbol. I forgot to add that part. 
peacekeeping isn't a fucking thing. I really don't think it has been in years. Like, and honestly, like, I wish yeah. it was, but it isn't. No, it, it's it's a, it's a, it's a it's a say, people think something they say, but they're never actually doing peacekeeping. They're, yeah, they're either making things where they're minimize or they're stable. They're stable. <laughs> yeah. Minimize. It's peacekeeping's better in a lot of places. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Like Egypt. When 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 they're, when, they're, when, they're, when it's like a state on state conflict, that's their their purpose. They, they can't do anything. I mean, what do you you can't expect them to stop a state on state conflict? Oh no, no, I'm not saying they yeah. should. But it's like more they've they've helped do that. Like that, it, when it's that kind of stuff. But the problem is that we're seeing so much more of non-state actors and militias and other crap. So it's like it's complicated. There's no like oh, it's this one side who's doing this thing. Uh-huh. It's all it's like they're very both sides. Yeah, it's both yeah, sides. yeah, both. It's like well, look at South Sudan. Like they're both shooting at UN peacekeepers yeah. a couple years ago. There's no such thing as peacekeeping unless there's some buy-in on. All sides, because if you have, any even if it's one segment that is convinced that they can win through through violence, there's really see when we talk about buy-in and we talk about the UN. Sometimes the UN peacekeepers don't get the buy-in. How do you think contractors are going to get the buy-in? Yeah. When people can be like, oh, they're just paid to do this. So even though the UN might be, which it might not be, the overarching per. Look, I mean, the thing is, like, because, it, it, like, and I know, like, I'm mostly doing it for the, the I mean, half yeah, world debate, but, like, but it's like, um, it's, you look at what Eric they Prince did. 2020. No, like, fuck him, though. He's not, <laughs> I'm talking about, like, I'm talking about those, those scary South African dudes, not fucking Eric Prince, you know, spoiled rich bitch, but, like, um. The guys who were yeah. in the South African army in the 80s during apartheid, yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 they're not exactly angels, either. I mean, well, okay, so, so. They're so, saints, okay, there's a difference. No, okay, well, with that, the Boondock Saints. Well, well, some of the stuff is like, yeah, probably like, some of the guys are definitely, or most of the guys are probably really racist, but also they mostly worked with, like, the most of the military was at, you know, was native. So it's like, it wasn't yeah. this thing of like. Just white native. Well, you no, know, it wasn't. Come on. The, the, the military, okay. it was like 75% of the military was black. Not, but it's, I'm not justifying it part of everything that I'm not, that's okay. not what I'm doing. But back to what I was originally um, trying to make mm-hmm. a point of is that. You look at what happened with Nigeria. They hired a bunch of these guys to come in. And they beat overall back more than they had in years. Mm-hmm. And then you look at like and then like look back in the nineties with executive outcomes. Like it's a it's a scary thing what they did. Like the RUF were at the doorstep. And they chased them out of the country. It worked. It worked. And it's a scary thing to have a, a professional force be able to do that, and, and it's not assigned <clears throat> to a, a country. Yeah, but that's not peacekeeping. That's piece of kicking the crap out of kicking ass, taking yeah. names. Yeah, making I, money. I would say go. a different option would be like to kind of because a lot of these peacekeeping forces are sort of thrown together on an ad hoc basis. Is there a way for UN, NATO, some international organization to like create a rotate? standing peacekeeping force? No, 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 no. Jade Helm, twenty eighteen. No, so no, no, no. Like or at least rotate through. Like you know, have some sort like every member state has to, you know, because now the only peacekeeping forces that show up are the ones who, like, need money, right? There's, yeah, have well, some sort of commitment by that, you know, this is how you're trained in peacekeeping for, like, mm-hmm. maybe, like, a two-month, you know, exercise or something like that. So you you kind of have this sort of baseline knowledge in, you know, because it's, it's really, your soldiers are not policemen. But peacekeeping does kind of... Well, then you run into the national sovereignty issue where, I mean, the U.S. doesn't even let its peacekeeping forces fall under the command of the United Nations because of... Well, usually, yeah. so whenever we go, usually whoever's in charge of that mission is usually an American if we do go. Yeah. But I know it's like my, my second argument point is U.N. Standing Army. That's never going to play. You're going you're gonna to have, like, 
like or yeah, stupid but, people yeah. in Kansas being like, they're gonna come and take a gun. Yeah, like, but like, yeah, I was. But fuck, fuck the dumb pieces of shit. Like, I, like I have the actual argument of like, logistically, and I'm saying like a fucking million man force or thing, or like maybe twenty thousand. That's the idea, though, right? It's, yeah, the right, idea is standing army and, and not just, just in America, not just in America. But also, there's yeah, the no, it's not, like, yeah. how do you how do you do that like I mean do you create like a each different platoon or battalion or like has like is from one country because nope it's it's you have to it's like it's kind you have to pick a common language maybe you know you place your Ali Muhammad doesn't like you know Joe Schmo because Joe Schmo drinks and Ali Muhammad is not always in like, Silicon Valley just you place your hand on the iPhone and swear like, just to Jeff Bezos <laughs> So. No, the thing is, it's like if you have a standing army, like you can't really have peacekeepers because then we have a standing army. So wherever they go, okay, standing, standing, the messaging just won't work. So uh, like, what there, are you gonna say? Like the army is in town. I want yeah. to, it's okay. So uh, not, I, you know what I mean, Albert. Like a a a full time training peacekeeping force that rotates every couple of years, and like and yeah. like I mean, people like people come do like they get like okay, I'm a member of whatever military. I go de- detailed for them every couple of years. Everyone goes to the same training. Like there's cohesion, so it's not just. You know, you know, a company of this person, a company of this country, this company, because it's just like the habit. So you, everyone has the same training, same kind of stuff. There's also you're under UN jurisdiction, so if you fuck up, that's on you. Yeah, I I think there's merit to that idea. It's like I think how do you? I mean, you can't just create a whole new thing because that's you know that'll take years. But like, how do you use um, the bureaucracy that already exists in the UN, and how do you create something that has a semi permanent like? Undersecretary of Peacekeeping Force or some, like, you know, have kind of a um, a, t- a constant cycle of training, you know, group, like, cadres that come in and out, not sort of like, oh, there's something going on here. Let's just, like, toss everybody who wants money well, together. Well, it's, right? yeah, well, it's like, it's more like, it would be the idea of when they need to go somewhere that it doesn't take a month to, you know, have these meetings yeah. and do all this crap. You're on rotation, like... Yeah, I, I think that could be interesting. I have another a 21st century solution to this 20th, 20th, oh, 20th right. century oh. problem. This is going to be watching. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Buckle your seatbelts, folks. So what yeah. if, and I'm thinking maybe like 20 years down the line, but n- not like Skynet, but like more automation, <laughs> automated. That was a, like, so, that's the worst way so, okay. to introduce it. Let's introduce that idea so, in I, a I really hope you never way. pitch this. How, <laughs> so think about it. All right. You I'll, I'll give you the business pitch. Okay. Business pitch. All right. Okay. okay. Shark Tank. (laughs) Lots of people died. UN peacekeepers, ineffective, didn't have the ROEs. AI, robots. Like you, you, I say it. I I say it like it's a joke. But like, think think about it this way. Like, if you had a sort of standing automated force, not capable of say, you know, destroying the United States or something, Mm -hmm. but in terms of like, so it does. Okay, well then that's on everyone, but mm. but sort of providing a maybe maybe even like lower scale like drone support, but it would reduce costs. It would uh, allow things to be done more under the UN if the UN was able to sort of buy that technology. Okay, and that's be, like assuming. So, so are we talking about technology that already exists or like no? No, I'm, I'm thinking like I'm thinking like well, twenty years. So the, the, yeah. the future aspect because you look at like you know every kind of futuristic. Show it has, uh, it's, like, it's always always a UN military. It is this. It's like it's a combined whatever force. It's like yeah, and the Antichrist is commands it because yeah, Christ, Christ. Yeah, yeah, always. So like it's just it's just it. The idea of it would be mostly you could have a cadre of like that is like a like a general staff almost. 
Yeah, like and, you have a you have a and an small officer, 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 officer corps that is employed by the UN that is you know there all the time and then rotates through you know the peacekeepers so that you I mean things like I still haven't figured out like how it's like yeah you can have a rotation you can train people up and you can make you can probably make small problems disappear but like how do you integrate that into well, the it, larger scheme without kind of you and army oh my god well it's like yeah it, you, know? It, you know it is is a thing because it was gonna shit on everyone it's like you'd have to have a lot of like you know aspects and involved where it's like they can't expand they has to be a certain you can't it can't go past this number it can't it's like you you look at like you know like similar to like you know japan after world war ii is like there's all these kind of constrict like restrictions on what you can and cannot have so they can't have basically they can't have a military know, well, yeah, but, yeah, that <laughs> doesn't work in this day. What well, so, so, yeah. so you know, the point? It's like um, they can't have um, an aggressive force. I mean, they can't have a force that is able to uh, export power. It's most. It's like we'll fly everyone in on in land of the airport. Now, if like we're not going to par- you know parachute into this area and do, do all this put, shit. Yeah, but like, do you put entire countries under international trusteeships? Like. Mandates, League of Nations stuff. Annexation. Well, yeah, you keep it. You keep it basically small. It's like basically they have some sort of professional force, and they, the main the main thing is like because of that, they'd be on UN jurisdiction. So if they people did stupid shit, they wouldn't just go home and do have nothing happen to them. They'd be prosecuted by the UN itself, and then. But how do you avoid their home countries? Like, you sign your life away. I mean, the thing is, does the UN want to have a jurisdiction over that? If they want to stop, no. they want to. I mean, <laughs> well, no, they don't. But then they also don't want to have all the shits happening the last couple of years. I'm happening. sure that would be fine if, like, you're from you know Haiti or Central Africa or whatever. But like, if you're an American involved in this, and then you get in trouble, like, is you know the amount. The influence is a little different. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It's it's. I mean, it, again, like, I'm not saying my idea is this perfect thing. Like, I guys, I just solve peacekeeping and everything. Yeah. Thank You're you. welcome, audience. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, so I think, I think peacekeeping is sort of a. It's not obsolete, but it's one of those things that where it it has a I very nice word. Yeah, but it but it's limited, and it's unless we want to create a UN standing army, which good luck actually getting off the ground right now. It's it's really just to preserve a status quo while the parties mm-hmm. try to find a solution, unless it's a case with like jihadis. So in which like case, you're trying Picker to. was saying earlier, like there's worth what, like you know, you can't, you don't you don't usually go from like war to peace. You know, okay, let's uh, you know let's shut the airspace down. Let's remove heavy weapons. Let's you know cap the number of what like there's room for improvement. Oh yeah, yeah always all you need is machetes. Well, like, so yeah, I feel like the most important... Rather deal with that than, you know, rocket, rocket, rocket. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, the, like the, the benefit for the UN peacekeepers is I feel like the symbolism behind it and people at some point do respect it. Like, some people, like, some groups and non-state actors don't. They're not perfect. Operations are not perfect. It's flawed. But at, the, at a high level, it's kind of a symbol. So when you have UN peacekeepers, they do kind of, in a way... Not minimize minimize violence and like conflict. They yeah. don't solve it. They don't like make it disappear. But they do have a benefit. I think. Yeah. I think what they do a lot of times, in a lot of, especially the last couple of years, they basically enable local groups to better operate because they're like, we're not the UN. They're like, oh yeah, you're, you're from here and all this shit. So you're not the foreign invader who's like who's attacking us and beating us and doing they all this have, shit. Like, yeah, they have 
from a corporate point of view, they have a reputation problem. Yeah. But that's that's you know, you can deal with that, and you can deal with that within the parameters that have already been established. You don't have to invent a new well, thing for that. So, but I, the symbolism of the blue helmet is important. I agree. It's just how do you. Make you it know, more effective. How do you how do how do you make, make them red. <laughs> more Justice League, less you know, Rapist. kids who can't shoot straight kind Super of powers. Powers. Yeah. Well, then I feel like that just comes down to operations and bureaucracy, and then I feel like it's not that we need to change the whole format of it. We just need to make it more effective. Yeah. But then when there's no will, like there's no money, there's no accountability. But, but it's difficult for some one person or one country or one group to be like, this is how we reform it. It's well, it's we we, we reject the ideology of globalism. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I mean, then you run into the issue where, like, the UN is itself, Don't laugh like, at me! <laughs> the UN is itself, like, a, a sort of political forum where no one gets along, and it's very difficult to get um, peacekeeping operations first approved, yeah. especially if they're, like, look at Syria. Like, you'd never in a million years get peacekeeping unless Russia was sure to, like, take advantage of it to conquer, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, the rest of the rebel areas. There's, no, there's yeah. no... When, when it's a conflict like that, which because it is state-sponsored mm-hmm. in many ways, it burned longer and burned hotter yeah. and killed I mean, more people. Burned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, that's the like the issue with the UN, con- UN concept and even going back to the League of Nations and any of these international organizations. It's There's not enough pain to overcome, you know, national interest and national yeah. sovereignty. That, you know, th- there's no, yeah. you know, there's no stick to the carrot. I feel like it's really easy to criticize, especially when there are cases where they should have intervened, they didn't, yeah. or they were misused. And then people, it's really easy to argue that, okay, you you say that you want to do this now, but why didn't you do anything then? And why didn't you do anything when this was happening? So it's really easy to criticize, and I kind of agree that it's a flawed system, but in cases where they could be helpful. Mm-hmm. So where they could have some benefit, but yeah. at the same time, it's flawed and not perfect. I don't, I don't know in the last ten, like five years where they've been... It's a very it specialized, it's not something that can be like tossed anywhere. Yeah. And like, it's going to be selective in some places yeah. where they should be used. They're not going to be used because of politics and because right. of country sponsored violence. But again, it's like in the, in the peace, like one of those things where there's not actual fucking war, there never was. Yeah. It was like a disaster, like, like Hades is the best example of their force. Like, the U.S. has a terrible fucking reputation there because all the stuff their people have done. Also, like, the, the, they had a whole cholera outbreak from one of their bases because they oh. the shit rolled down to the river that people used to wash and drink from. Uh, Gotta dig your latrines a little deeper, bros. Yeah, it's like... So it's just like... I, I want to keep... Things that you never hear about unless you talk to Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, pretty much. That shit, man. This wasn't a... <laughs> we don't, we don't what? Google. You, we have Ryan. Yeah, I see all the things. Ryan is our peacekeeper. <laughs> yeah, God, never. But yeah, like, that's like that's not like. That's why I, th- I think that's why I think peacekeeping, and at, at, at we're we're we Well, no, at, at our current you know situation in the world, it's like not relevant because there's not like peacekeeping was perfect for interstate mm-hmm. or interstate, but like internal stuff, it's it's get complicated. We come in and then you have bias from some forces, some not. And then we have the, there's no, again, my, main, my main thing is there's no accountability. That's why, like, the quote-unquote standing army thing was, like, it's so, these people, like, you know, if you fuck up, you're going to not have a good time. Yeah, but, I mean, you weren't having a standing army. It doesn't matter what you call it, 
it's yeah, just not exactly. gonna cut it. It's, 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 it's like dead yeah. on arrival. <laughs> yeah. But that's a, like peacekeeping. Is I that, think what we've been talking okay, so, about. So getting is, past that, is it a bad idea though? Is it a conceptually really a bad idea? I think it is. Wait, peacekeeping itself? From the no, 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 like having a UN army? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a good idea. I just like, don't think, yeah. it, I don't see it working. If you, if you think and that, it's too, like, I mean... If, if you think that peacekeeping now is flawed, can you imagine UN trying to put, like, let's not yeah. call it standing army, standing whatever, standing peacekeepers, like, whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. just not going to work. Bureaucratically, operationally, Ki- like, funding, uh, funding, because <laughs> you have a, if, if you have, like, standing yeah. peacekeepers, army, whatever, you need consistent source of funding, and then who's good? It's just, it's but just like, I think what we've been talking about is like one arrow in the quiver, you know, peacekeeping mm-hmm. on the ground, that kind of thing. Most peacekeeping is actually done at the conference table. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, so it's, it's really, how do you, and the real question is how do you make diplomacy more streamlined? And like among you know, because that's just one like the well, blue helmets are just but, like one little tiny piece. But I feel like it goes back to what we were saying earlier because you can't really sit down at a table when people are still shooting at each other. Yeah. So I mean, uh, the I U.S. Mean, and the U.S. and North Vietnam sat down at a table for like multiple years, and Korea and, multiple the, North, years. and the U.S. <laughs> and the U.S. South Korea with. China and North Korea were sitting down at tables for like two years. Yeah, until they wore yeah. themselves out. Well, well, that's then the thing is, finally is peacekeeping. <laughs> I mean, it like there's so it much that goes into conflict it. termination. Yeah, yeah, obviously, but it just basically facilitates. And it. and a lot of times the peacekeeping is done in areas in situations like what happens often in Africa, where you are mitigating sort of ethnic or tribal. Lo- 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 local, local violence, yeah, we'll yeah. say local violence, yeah. where, where you know, if peacekeepers had done a better job in Rwanda, maybe they would have stopped these Hutu. Yeah, but that would require some inter- loosening it's, it's, of the. But there was, there was rules of engagement because yeah. the person who was in they, they weren't allowed. No, they had various because yeah, the thing is like, I mean, you you drop a brigade of Canadian paratroopers or something in there, and you tell them like to s- separate the combatants. Even with deadly force, they'll do it. But then you get the front page of the Toronto Times. Look at like, the West. Look at, <laughs> look at this, like shooting a bunch of. You but know. that's the thing, though. They didn't have to shoot, though. They had an interview with the uh, general, the commander, I forget the title, who was in charge during that time, and he was saying how just the presence itself mm-hmm. was enough to stop some violence. So, yeah. like, they don't oh, even yeah, have to pick up their weapons. So, in that situation, yeah, they could have. It could have been worse, though. Whoa. If they had done more and didn't uh, didn't ever operate at the end, try to convince others to do more yeah. and listen to the rules it? of engagement, yeah. mm-hmm. so then it just like they could have done more. Well, that Canadian general was his whole thing. He wanted um, like a bigger press, like a, just more men on the ground type thing, or like was I that? Like, I feel like it was com- what you or, mentioned earlier. Well, they, of engagement of what. Okay. Who, the presence itself and what If we see people getting massacred, can we run into guns blazing? Or like, I, 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 well, it's one of those things yeah. with if you can shoot, like, I mean, they knew. Or at least, they, like, throw yourself he in wasn't the yeah. shooting and dare them to shoot back. Was like, like, yeah. What he was saying that the presence itself would have not stopped all the violence, but halted some of it. And the other issue with Rwanda wasn't just the UN, is the Ugandan peacekeepers withdrew, the French peacekeepers withdrew, a lot of the European countries yeah. withdrew. Because you their don't want your own people being dragged through the street. Was Mo- it Mo- yeah. stuff, Was it the like, Dutch that like something like a couple like a, a like a group of Dutch peacekeepers because they couldn't shoot back were just like butchered. I think that yeah. was Rwanda. No, yeah. they were. Yeah, they were. Yeah. 
and uh, it's, it's, the, with, it's again like it's another that, issue of peacekeeping. Yeah. It's like it's like it's it needs to have peacekeeping. I'd like to see more intervention, but the problem is that it's like that whole sovereignty issue. Quite and also, <laughs> the more intervention you do, the more risking inflaming the situation. Like, I yeah, it no. It depends on the, the situation. I, wait, 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 you're, not, you're not wrong. Yeah, you did a good it, job it, in rock. <laughs> yeah. It depends on the situation. Yeah, no. Well, I mean... <laughs> I mean, you are... There, there is that risk, always. And the risk that we need to reckon... Like, Politicians don't want to see their countrymen dragged through the streets. Okay, I have an example. Whenever it's a you know there's a situation of genocide, and basically that's where the UN is, like you know, mad, like, is my law, you know, mandatory for them to intervene, and then they don't. Like mm-hmm. yeah, but there's like the G word is the G word is debated endlessly, and then vetoed, and then whatever. Yeah, so, yeah what happened to the Armenians? Or Darfur? Um, everyone was on vacation. Yeah. Turn P- punch Turn was, punch yeah. was served. <laughs> but no, that, but that's the thing, though. Like, you can't, there's no, yeah, technically, legally, the UN has to intervene when the G word gets thrown. Well, you just don't throw the word. <laughs> you you obstrificate. You, like, yeah. And you call it later. And you well, you know, we need to get a subcommittee together to examine these. Yeah. Here, like, if, yeah. To determine whether the trade, con- the trade confederation is doing what you say it is. In the Nabu system. Nerd! Vote <laughs> yeah. no conference. <laughs> Chancellor Lex Cardone's leadership. It's going to be the next like, five episodes. This is going to be on Star Wars. <laughs> I feel like you started to trend here about A it. committee what of truth and recon- reconciliation. Like, I'm just going to pick an essay out of uh, the, the, the um, Strike Strikes Back book. Like, oh, we're going to talk about this <laughs> and argue these points. But, yeah, it's... it's <laughs> Wait... No. Not again. Let's do it. It's, it's fine. It, nothing matters. Should I though? Yeah. You're already going to. I mean, I am. Hello there. Peacekeeper General Kenobi. The Jedi were peacekeepers. They did not separate. But not during, they were not soldiers. Well, yeah. Well, well, no. Yeah, that's why they were. That's why you had a. That's why you had a galactic civil war. No, no. That is why you have to securitize everything because if you say that, yo, it's true. Hashtag Hashtag GW. I'm breaking out in hives from your buzzwords right now. I feel like I might have just invented this. It's like battle blockchain. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. Oh, the synergy is flowing. Oh, according to realists. Cool. All right. Um, does anyone have any final points? Except General Kenobi. No. Yes. No. Jedi supremacy across the galaxy. For thousands of years, the Jedi were uh, things of peace and something over the galaxy. Christ. Uh, okay. You could have rehearsed that. It's being left. I expected better of you, honestly. Anyway, that was almost dramatic. Thanks, guys. <laughs> May the, f- may the force be with you. <laughs> and with your spirit. <laughs> <laughs> That's being listened to. I, 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 please. You just